This is 680 CJOB. Welcome to another episode of The Main Ingredient. I took the show on the road last week and met up with my good friend, Suzanne Gessler, owner of the Penny Loaf Bakery located at 858 Cordon Avenue. We had a coffee at the shop and sat on the back patio and talked about what it's like to own a small business. Owning a small business is like bonkers. Like I've never worked so hard in my life and like stressed out because it's all on you right 100 that's and what I, it's, I find really strange okay so we work together government wise yeah doing the government thing yes and the thing about working <clears throat> for the government is that you literally know what's going to happen financially and every day from the day you start to yeah. the day that you die yeah or the day that you leave yeah right um and now you're you're in a place that is the exact opposite yeah like you said it's all on you yeah it succeeds or fails based have, on what you do. I had any one point have, you know, 12 staff that are dependent on... Yeah, the, yeah, their livelihood is dependent on yeah. you. So, okay, so okay, let's roll back. Okay. You're working for the province. Yeah. Doing your thing. Yeah. What's going on? Um, well, okay, so I, <clears throat> I think it kind of goes back even further than that. So I, you know, leave high school, go to university, mm -hmm. get an arts degree, get a social work degree. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was doing social work, I was never like a clinical social worker, I always did policy. Um, I started looking at um, homeless issues in the city and affordable housing, and I got really passionate about it, and I thought, like, how could I do anything else but like try and solve poverty or like contribute to that, you know? Yep. And then um, I kept going to school and I got a city planning degree, and I still was looking at homeless issues and affordable housing, and that's when I started working yeah, it was after my master's, like I graduated, then I got a job at the province. Mm -hmm. um, I also had some family stuff. My dad passed away um, at, uh, it's all good. Um, um, and then, um, uh, so then I decided I would go back to university and I started taking some courses for um, a PhD in community health sciences. Again, I thought maybe if I taught, maybe if I went to the university and like, or became like a researcher, maybe that would work for me. And then I took a few classes. Like my last class I took was epidemiology. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether you know what epidemiology is, but like that just, <laughs> Not like that was like the stupidest <laughs> class to take to try and like inspire me to do anything more in that field. Um, and then, uh, and then I, I quit my last job or my contract was up at the job that I was at because mm -hmm. I was no longer at the province by then. I had sort of done some, I kept going from like, um, like not for profit to government, not for profit to government, and um, what was the reason for that? Because uh, money well, thing because just I a... just kept thinking, like, well, maybe I can make a difference here, or maybe it could, maybe it could work over here, and maybe you know, maybe, if I'm, on, maybe anyway. if I'm on the inside, I can, you know, yeah. And it just, I mean, there was a few things I did that I was, you know, proud of, but anyways, um, and uh, so then I had a crisis. I was like, oh my god, what am I going to do? I uh, I looked at uh, if you, you know, what colors your parachute. You know, I, I spoke to like career counselors and I was like, what, what am I gonna do? Mm -hmm. um, and I knew what I wanted was to be my own boss. So that was like the number one thing. I was Hang tired on, you of- You knew that You knew that then or you always knew that? I kind of always knew that, but um, I just didn't think like, what, what would I have done owning my own business like in that field? Like right. that's just not really, right. you know- All the schooling you took, there's, yeah. there's no such thing as owning your own business in that field. Yeah, and I was still too, I think, young in my career to start being like, you know, an executive director somewhere, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I really liked contract work where I could sort of make my own hours and do my own thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I knew that. And then um, 
yeah, I did some like soul searching and you know, some of those like, there was a book called If You Knew Who You Were, You Could Be Who You Are. You know, some of those like workbooks and it was like, you like That food. sounds kind of cheesy, but it is yeah. it's totally true. Though. You like food. Well, and if you're desperate, you know, I was there spinning my wheels. My husband was like, you know, you can't be a housewife. Like you're going to have to go to work mm -hmm. like at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, Hang on, does that mean you guys, you can't financially or it's just not in your DNA? It's... Or both? Uh, no, we, we probably we probably could. He's a, he's a doctor, so, mm -hmm. you know, this is costing us more than it would have right. had I just stayed home, I right. guess. And like, like, so, so he knows you. He knows staying yeah, at home is not your thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, well, and, and then I had taken a year off because I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. My, you know, and, and then I had to go back to school or figure out something else. So, um, I, yeah, I was out of the workforce for two years, I guess. Um, so I got into, so I figured out baking. I was going to go and become a pastry chef, a baker, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I, like, I knew food was what I wanted to do. I thought I could open up my own little like food establishment. Baking seemed to fit. I always liked baking when I was younger. I liked baking at home when I, you know, as like a hobby. Mm -hmm. um, I just never thought, well, this is something you could make a job out of. Um, still not sure, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> everybody so, says that about yeah, every business, no, right? No, for sure. So, uh, so then I, uh, uh, yeah, applied to Red River College, uh, did the program, and then, uh, and I loved it. Like, and I was a mature student, so, you know, I could excel at lots of things, and I knew how to study, and I was disciplined, and I knew sure. I, and I knew I, I didn't have a lot of, um, failing wasn't an option, you know, or right. like, you know, doing poorly. And I really needed to get everything I could out of it because I knew I was going to open up a business soon. Like I was going to write a business plan um, immediately. Um, well, you're not there killing time like some people. It, well, yeah. Or just, you know, I knew, well, how many more diplomas or degrees was I going to get? Right. This was it, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. well, I think this is it. Um, <laughs> Coffee's great. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> it is. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so I finished that and then I uh, went to California. I was looking for, uh, this is sort of an aside, I was looking for somebody who could teach me how to bake bread. Mm -hmm. um, the program is only a year. You, you're never going to become an expert going to school for a year. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so I reached out to some places and I did an internship in California. And um, that was like, that was like an eye-opening experience for me, like, like, you know, Anthony Bourdain's <laughs> Kitchen Confidential, you yeah. know, where you like talk about how like mm -hmm. crazy people can be to work for. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, did I just go into another field where, you know, I, th it was like a confirmation that I needed to own my own business again. Cause, oh, know, it wasn't eye-opening as if, oh, this is the best. It was eye-opening. Oh, there's a, some nutty people. There here. are some really nutty people out there. Okay. So, um, yeah, so, but, but I learned a lot and I, it was, you know, it was stressful at the time, but looking back, like, that was the greatest thing. I mean, and it really told me, like, how do I want to treat staff? How do I want to, like, run my business? This isn't a, uh, you know, like a traditional uh, yes chef, no chef thing here, mm -hmm. you know, where, you know, it's sort of military style. Right. No, it's like... Loosey-goosey. Loosey-goosey. Talk yeah. how they want, treat people how they want, do Well, they want. you know, I, I feel like if I'm kind to them and generous with, you know, the work environment, they got to come here for eight hours a day. Like, right, so the last I'd thing really, I'd really rather not have them wake up in the morning and feel like, you know, it's the last thing they want to do. Um, like, working hard is great, but, you know, actually having some, like, a work environment that's, you know, as healthy as it can be, you know. No, you can work and have fun. You can enjoy yeah. your work. Yeah, work yeah. is hard, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. It is hard, but yeah, like you said, if you got to be there eight hours a day, yeah. then I want to make sure that it's as comfortable as possible. Yeah, and I had bosses in the past where I felt, you know, like, 
that wasn't like their primary focus. And then I, you know, just had a feeling that if you treat your staff well, they'll stick around and- yeah, you need them, turnover is not good. Half the battle is, yeah, HR and making sure people are, you know, staying, you train them and invest in them and you want them to stick around, For so. Sure. I was at the Pennyloaf Bakery last week, talking to owner Suzanne Gessler, sipping on a coffee, talking about her great shop located at 858 Cordon. We'll continue the conversation on the other side of the break. See you in a minute. Suzanne Gessler, owner of the Pennyloaf Bakery, is my guest today on The Main Ingredient, and this was a tough show. I was drinking coffee on a beautiful Sunday morning on the back patio of her shop. Okay, on to the show. So anyway, so I come back from California. I write my business plan. Uh, December comes around. And I uh, have a business plan and I start working with um, the Women's Enterprise Center and they help me do a bunch of stuff and get my, you know, sort of financial stuff in order. And then I start looking for a place. Like, I had no idea. Like, when I look back at that and I think where we are today, mm-hmm. oh, what, what was I thinking? Like, you know, just going from... I've never done like accounting or bookkeeping or keeping track of all that stuff. I just mm-hmm. knew I had, I had some money because I had gotten some loans and it was like, okay, let's go. Let's try and get this place together. And how was it finding a place? Um, I looked at, I looked around. Um, I wanted to do, I really wanted to be in the exchange district, but, um, you know, I, think I was, better. I was sort of talked out of it, um, because of, because people don't really, there, are, there isn't very much population that lives down there. Right. But it's, in it's getting bigger now. But It's getting bigger now. In hindsight, I might have done it somewhere where people were working more. Mm-hmm. Like we do the hydro market downtown. Mm-hmm. And um, like you just have like a, you know, a, a group of people who are down there because they're working and they're, they shop there. So right. I might have done that. But like this is a beautiful little spot. and um, It is. When I pulled up, I was like, this is really cool. Yeah. It's it, nice. It's kind of charming, you know. Yeah, and it's, that's, tucked, it's tucked in a nice area. It's, yeah. uh, the, the building's very appealing and funky and cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so then I uh, had lots of help from, I had a really good landlord. We'd actually now, we bought the building, mm-hmm. um, but I had a landlord who helped me out like tremendously, like basically was my contractor here. Um, I don't That's know, all right. He felt like, sort of took me under his wing and, you know, I know way more, like I, I know way more about like what it takes to, I don't know, get your air conditioner put in. And like, I know these like strange places in the city where you go to get like pieces of equipment for things that like. That's the I, battle right there. I never would have known, you know? Right. Yep. So um, so I certainly learned a lot through that process. And then, um, yeah, like designing the building was fun and getting all that stuff set up. Uh, and then, you know, I hired a bunch of my friends from um, uh, from Red River. Like, um, we, were, we were in class together. Uh, oh, that were taking, that were in the bakery thing too. With me, yeah. Yeah, so I met some really good people there and I was like, when I'm out of here, you got a job, like for sure, once I get this thing set up. And they've been with me ever since. And it's kind of funny because when you say that to people, are thinking, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And then, you know. I don't think all... they ever, I don't think they really thought that I was going to do it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyways, like uh, most of my staff, all my bakers are uh, Red River College um, graduates. So. Oh. Kudos to Red River, huh? Um, yeah. That's another thing that I really wanted was, um, you know, I've traveled in my life and I really wanted to, to have a bakery in the city where, you know, you got to know your neighbors. Yep. And, you know, they're literally really, tucked in, like you're in a neighborhood. Yeah, I know, right? I, I know lots of locals now, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I actually do want to know what they're doing that day and, you know, why are they buying 12 morning buns and, I'm not just saying it. Not just and I'm saying not just things. saying it. Oh, yeah, like, actually. I really want it to be, like, a nice little place where people come and feel, you know, like, you know, it's not, 
a big box store, you know, right. so. How is it now that business is open? So. Okay, sorry, so yeah, so we opened. You opened and. First year was a gong show. In what way? Uh, well, I don't know, because I just had never done anything like this before. And so like, running And it's not like we had like tried and true recipes and stuff. Like we were like building this thing, like my, me and my bakers, we were sort of building this thing together. How did you decide on that? How did you decide on what you guys were going to make? Like you mean, uh, you mean oh. you spe what do you specialize in? Like sourdough bread? Yeah. So, so Mike, my husband, uh, he's from Poland. Mm -hmm. He hates this story. Um, sorry, sorry, man, but I got to hear it. <laughs> he's like, you have to tell that story every time. Uh, <laughs> Yes. He, he's from Poland, mm -hmm. uh, and so he couldn't find good bread in the city, and so he was like, well, why don't you learn how to make really good bread, like old-fashioned? He's like, I don't even know what it is. Why does it taste so much better over there than it does here? Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, well, you know, I could decorate cakes or, you know, I don't know, I could do a whole bunch of things. And I just decided, yeah, bread. Bread sounds good. Bread yeah. sounds, like, interesting, and, yeah, it's really crazy. Um, we have gone from... Yeah, being sort of fly by the seat of our pants to we have like a 25 point um, sort of tracking thing that we do to make sure the bread turns out now. So Oh, really? Um, yeah. And it was like we just really learned everything as we went. Uh, and then it was sort of like trying to get the products really consistent and seeing what customers liked and what sold. And it's a lot of moving parts, eh? Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Like that's not even... And, and then add baker's hours onto it. So I think I probably in the first five years or um, four years, because I, I count the opening year or the year I like built the business mm -hmm. uh, as a year, uh, I probably lost like two months of sleep. Oh my God. What and are baker's just, hours? What's a typical day here? Oh, well, like 3 a.m., 2 a.m. And I'm crazy. So because I own the place, I'm, I, I go to bed at like four o'clock and I want to be in at midnight just so I can like make sure everything gets done but oh a typical God. shift is two or three in the morning so when well, like seven and a half hours later you know so what was that like that's a harsh change man mm -hmm. uh the night shift has a lot of other than what it does to your like brain it has a lot of really good uh you know you come in it's it's all yours peaceful. it's a clean slate mm -hmm. it's peaceful I always say we're the neighborhood watch too, so mm -hmm. uh, there's always somebody here. There's probably like two hours where there's no one here. Really? Because you know? the shift goes till 10 o'clock mm -hmm. and then someone else shows up. You're like 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, we are, we definitely are the neighborhood watch. Like I see lots of like shenanigans, sh shenanigans that go on around here in the middle of the night, so. What made you decide on that oven? Let's um, talk about that oven. Yeah, that oven. Um, okay, so I was gonna learn how to make bread that was the thing that I really wanted to do. And um, uh, there's a couple of like big sourdough um, like gurus out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the city or are you talking in? Like in the, in the, in the baking world. world. Right. And one of them is a guy who's he's actually passed away now. His name is Alan Scott. Mm -hmm. And he's like the brick oven bread baking guy. Um, and he brought that, he sort of brought that back to North America. So you get a lot of that in like California and certain parts of, I guess, the Eastern United States. Um, and there's not that much that happens in Canada with it. Like I, I know that there's a few brick ovens around the country, but you know, we're just, we don't have that big of a population and we're very dispersed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't think it's, uh, I think more and more it's becoming more of a thing. Um, so yeah, so then, uh, yeah, I was looking around. There was, I want, really wanted somebody in Manitoba to build it. I wanted to give the job to a local, artisan craftsperson but sure. i couldn't find anyone yep. so i actually 
uh, went and took a course in the States and I went for a week and we built an oven and I thought, well, maybe I can build this oven myself. Oh my no. God. No, there's I'm no way. I'm gonna take that on. Yeah, so like I was saying inside the, uh, uh, I found uh, these two masonry oven and heater builders mm -hmm. and they're like true, like craftsmen. Like mm -hmm. it's just unbelievable mm -hmm. how, how well they do their job. And they came and they stayed at my house and a week later, I had an oven. When you go to the Penny Loaf Bakery, you may want to ask to have a look at the oven they bake the bread in. It's super impressive. Back with more talk about their oven after the news, weather, and sports. Kevin Bergen here. Welcome back to the main ingredient. The Penny Loaf Bakery, located at 858 Cordon Avenue, has an insane wood-burning oven that they bake all of their bread in. The impressive thing is how fast this thing was built. And it took them a week, that's it. Yeah. To build that thing. It was about a, maybe it was a week and a half, but it was... Oh, slackers. It was crazy. It was like... Uh, we had to have the floor reinforced. Um, but it's less expensive than a big commercial oven that would need, like, um, uh, a lot of ventilation. And it's right. got the cachet. And it produces, like, really good bread. And when, you know, Armageddon happens, everyone's <laughs> going to want to be... Everyone's going to be lining up to use this thing. Totally. For heat and for bread. <laughs> for heat and for bread. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's some discussion about, like, the sustainability of it versus, like, hydro or, you know, electric versus gas. Um, I mean, trees are a renewable resource. You can plant like more. You said that's like a fireplace. It's just wood. It's just wood, yeah. So our wood box is right there. Oh, nice. And uh, so I um, wanted Have a good day. Nice. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I also try to do is have um, support local. So yeah. we use um, local ingredients, like, wherever we can. Mm -hmm. um, I try and use organic stuff as much as I can, but there's not a lot of organic um, stuff in the province. Mm -hmm. um, but everything from, yeah, like, you know, our wood guy is local, obviously. You know, yep. I'm not getting it shipped in from anywhere. And there's um, no need to, come on. Hello. Yeah. It's Manitoba, no, it's Canada. Like, exactly, really? yeah. yeah. So it just produces really good, a really good product. Um, we don't, you know, you don't have to bake cookies on it, but you know, like it retains its heat. Yep. It's uh, probably cuts my like heating bill in half in the winter because For it keeps sure. the place Nice warm. and toasty. Yeah. Yep. So this was this used to be was this a house before? What business was this before? It was Olga's Fashion Salon. Before oh, that. really? Yeah. Now I'm sure you're familiar with that. No, no, nope. not at all. Uh, and Olga are not tight. No, it was Olga's Fashion Salon for ages, and before that, it was a house and a dentist's office. So the like clinic was in the front, and, and the family lived there. Top? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And when, uh, when did you when did you open this? Uh, well, we're in our third year, so yep. I guess I got the building four years ago, though. Okay, so three, four years, in. Yeah. When you look back at all the stuff you did, mm -hmm. if you could go back, would you do the exact same thing? Would you do that again? Well, okay, so I might have contemplated a different spot because when I think about the hydro market downtown, mm -hmm. it is so busy down there. And I've got, like, you know, friends in the business and some of them who are downtown, they do really, really well because of just, like, there's just such a mass, like, it's a critical mass of people. Even with that time frame, day. like, it's a limited time, right? Yeah, but it's, you, I think it's just enough it's just enough people, right? That uh, we're really busy on Fridays and Saturdays right. because that's when people are like back home right, or chilling. planning for the weekend, right. you know? Um, during the business hours, they're busy working. Yeah. So you, so the people that are down there are doing so much business during business hours mm -hmm. that they can have yeah. the rest of the day off. And especially a bakery, right? Because people will take this stuff to staff meetings and, oh, you know, God, yeah. and then they 100%. can buy bread and take it home and it's, it's kind of along the way. Yep. So I might have done that differently. Uh, oh, I don't know. I probably would have had like 10 years of baking experience before I did this. No, you wouldn't. Um, Far too eager. You want to get in there. 
well, what but, would you have done until that time? Gone to school or worked for somebody else? I guess worked for you, somebody else. No, you wouldn't. You would have you killed the person or they would have killed yeah. you. One of the two, right? They totally would have killed me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I just would have. Maybe the, the fact that I was naive was actually helpful. Like yes. not knowing how hard it was. Because if you, if, if you I knew, right. if you, if knew, you wouldn't have started. It was, yeah. If I knew how hard it was going to be, I probably wouldn't have done it. Right. Which is good. A lot of times, yeah. and, and you have fresh eyes too. Sometimes someone who's experienced, yes, they know all these things are coming, right. so they don't start it. You don't know anything. No. And you got this idea in your head, and it's going to happen, mm -hmm. and all these roadblocks come up, and you just have to deal with them because you're already committed. Yeah. There well, is you're no... like, yeah, you're, you're in there with a lot of money, like a big investment. Usually. You know? So. Okay, so what kind of stuff do we make? make sourdough bread? Yep. There's different kinds of sourdough bread. Yeah, we make different types of, like, we put different things in our bread, you know, yep. whole wheat sourdough, French right. sourdough, right. just our basic country sourdough bread. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I really want my staff to not get bored, so there's always a baker special in terms of bread, so... As in something they create? Yeah. Or someone they hate? Something they want to put in... it's your turn to Something that they want to put in the bread that day, or, yep. you know, preparing for the week. So, you know, in the summer we have a garden and we try and buy seasonal ingredients yep. so that we can put different different things in the bread. Mm -hmm. um, How is it maintaining that garden? Do, like, I'm in Charleswood, rabbits and deers eat everything. Nothing. Nobody's been eating anything, I don't really? think. Really? Yeah. Not even kids back in the day? We used to raid gardens. Well, kids don't do that anymore? The tomatoes aren't ready yet. Mm. No carrots? Remember back? Didn't you There's remember no raiding carrots. gardens? Carrots aren't really, well, I guess maybe carrot cake, but carrots aren't really like... I mean, we'd have to have so many carrots. Right, yeah, I know. You know, we need, like, bags of carrots, yeah. so... Um, yeah. I'm just talking back in the day when yeah. kids were bad. Like, yeah, yeah. Me, just to hop over somebody's fence and... Like, just, like, throw tomatoes at people. <laughs> yeah. The tomatoes aren't in yet, so maybe somebody will come and steal it. But I guess maybe it's kind of commercial around here still, so mm -hmm. people don't really think that we have a garden. Yep. Right, now people are going to raid our garden after this interview. I know they are. They're gonna hundred yeah. percent. If I lived in that house, it's really like, herbs. Be... It's really Is like it? it's a lot of herbs okay. and stuff. So. And yeah, yeah, there's no ripping off herbs. Edible like flowers, yeah, exactly. No, you're not gonna do that. Um, so yes, bread. Um, we do pastry, so croissants and we do these things called morning buns, which I really hope there's one left for you. There might not Why, be. Are they really popular? They're really popular. Is that what that guy just bought? probably did well i mean like while you were setting up in two minutes and he's got a bag well, you full of were, stuff yeah while you were setting up i took like three orders and like they were almost all gone what's a morning bun it's a croissanto cinnamon bun oh my god so it's like flaky and yeah, you didn't really hold good. any for me well i hope there's one there we're like buddies yeah there's gonna be something <laughs> there, there'll be something there for you uh cookies cakes um we do lots of scones oh. that's like a real my shocker. son is a scone guy yeah. All I wanted to do was bread and like have a few extra things and it, the the sort of the sweet side of things like kind of took over. So. Well, the market dictates what you're going to make, right? Because yeah. people are going to ask for it. Do you have... Yeah. Okay, Why is well, this not here? Right. Yeah. Was there a lot of that in the uh, beginning, yeah. first year? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we still have people come in and they're looking for, you know, buns or something like yep. hamburger buns. But to do it by hand, that's another thing. Our stuff isn't, our stuff isn't cheap because of the focus on local and organic mm -hmm. it's small scale um i also pay my staff a living wage that's mm. one thing i learned from the poverty world right, right? um so what's a living wage one that they can actually live on one that they can live on mm. yeah one that they don't have to be you know working their fingers to the bone and you know Right, which in the it's long run... No one gets paid minimum wage here, right? So Right, I know some people look at the numbers and think, oh my god, I'm paying this. But A, people will stay longer. Yeah. And uh, 
you'll get more out of them because yep. they'll actually want to produce, yep. which in turn costs you less because you're not retraining, retraining, well, retraining. That's the theory, right? Yep. Um, How's and, it worked out? Well, I mean, definitely in terms of retention, like especially for the bakers, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's good. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I mean, I'm not making, I mean, we bought the building, so I am putting money into, like, coming back to us, you know, right, as a, right. in terms no, of right, an investment. Right, not getting it to somebody else. But, I mean, I haven't made a paycheck in, since I started, so. How do you just, feel about that? Uh, well, I feel terrible because my husband <laughs> is just like... <laughs> Built, that man loves you. He let me have this bakery and uh, <laughs> That's yeah, why all, like, all listen, for the man. bread, all for the bread. You know, sometimes <laughs> I'm about to say that. He's like, listen, I'm going to get one thing out of it. That's going to be my, bre you know my, what? my he, bread. He's always, he's always like, where's the bread? Why haven't you brought any bread home? He still has to like ask me to bring bread home. So, um, I'm paying a lot of money for this bread. Yeah. I am eternally grateful to him, of course. I often think about this place too as being, um, it's kind of an extension of city planning too. It's just more pointed. Like I have this building, you know, that invites people in. People right. can sit on the patio. Mm -hmm. uh, again, the sort of neighborhood watch angle of it. Uh, I'm employing people, mm -hmm. making a livable neighborhood, you know? Right, 100%. So, right, so now you're part of the city that you were planning before in a different kind yeah, of planning different, way. Different way, yeah, exactly. Right? So, as I sat back here and I was setting up, I was thinking, oh, my wife would love this. This we is beautiful. Just, I have totally. People, I, know, I know some people come here and just like put their computer out and yes. like drink a coffee and do some work. Big time. Like, like I could just, and I just pull up in front. You can park in the top. back. Yeah. There's oh, parking yes. in the back. Yes. That's right. No, nobody knows that too. We right? used to have a big sign that said parking in the back. Mm -hmm. um, and then we renovated a bit. We built some planters and stuff and it had to go. So if people don't know by now. Well, you know, you know I don't what care. I, mean? like, I know. So it doesn't yeah, matter. You could have parked there. Yes. It's a nice it's setup. I like it. Well, if you get burnt out and you want to become a baker, just let me know. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I'm just going to... What's this guy doing here? I'm just hanging out. I like fire. You obviously <laughs> can be trained. Yeah. Right? Yep. You know? Yep. I love back here. Well, you can come back here anytime. It anytime is. you want to work. Suzanne, I'm an eater, not a baker. You bake the goods and I test them. Let's continue to do what we both do best. That was Suzanne Gessler, owner of the Penny Loaf Bakery. You got to check it out at 858 Cordon Avenue. We are going from baking to health and wellness with my good friend Jordan Sosiwa after a break. Jordan Sosiwa from OneFit City is here talking about health and wellness. And Jordan, let's talk about some of the businesses you have visited in the last little while. Ones that you particularly liked and would recommend to somebody. Well, so the newest one that I just went to, and actually it's something where I've been having back problems for the last three or four years. And again, you know, I, I've done some really dumb things with dirt bikes in my life. Yeah, me too, man. You know, and, and so now all of a sudden I hit, I'm coming up on 37 and, uh, you old man. Yeah. Move movement sometimes hurts. Mm -hmm. So I found this place called fit body bootcamp. Mm -hmm. uh, so apparently there's three in the city. So forgive me the other two, cause it's a franchise. Um, the backstory on this is the coolest thing. We're not going to go through that. Although I will say that Michael, the owner of Fitbody, Winnipeg South Fitbody Bootcamp, they just opened up. He moved from the Ukraine. He was a lawyer. His wife was a lawyer in the Ukraine. Um, they escaped everything that was going on in the Ukraine. They came to Canada. He can't be a lawyer while he's in Canada right now. And, you know, it's all the, have to update their mm -hmm. studies. Yep. They began Fitbody Bootcamp. He loves it. I went there. It's a 30 minute workout. They have Dolomer mats. So for me, it was hilarious because that's, that's what a I did. Mat. That's what I did martial arts on my whole okay. life. It's that, that it's firm, but it's got some give like right. judo and all. Yep. amazing 
for low impact and their exercises that they choose are low impact, mm-hmm. but your heart rate's through the roof. Oh, really? So it's this great 30 minutes where anyone could do it. Yep. It's only 30 minutes. They don't push you to the limit and then past it. It's simple. It's in, it's out. Your metabolism's up. They don't make any crazy promises. I did their 21 days, um, 21 day fix right off the hop and dropped a couple pounds and got back. I got, it's nice to go to stuff like that. You get somebody lights a fire under it for you. Give me another one. Uh, you've got strive fitness, you've got pure lifestyle fitness, mm-hmm. uh, and both of those have their, their roots are in high level performance mm-hmm. and you've got experts that are there. And that's one of the coolest things. Is that, are those places where people can start? We're talking novices. Yeah. Let's say someone who has never worked out before. This is critical to any time you go find a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. If you walk in and you tell that trainer, you want to lose 15 pounds they are going to give you what you asked for. If you go in and you tell a trainer you want to learn how to move again, functional training, get healthy, and you're there for the long haul. So this trainer knows they don't have to push you beyond your limits. What most people do, and it's the mistake, is if I ask you to sell me a product and you don't, if I said I wanted to lose 10 pounds, Mm -hmm. what you need to do to lose 10 pounds, most people aren't willing to do. Right. Okay. So if they're saying I want to lose 10 pounds by when? Yeah. So this is the exact thing. Most people always have a, have a date. I'm going, you know, I'm getting married or I'm going to a wedding. Yeah. I'm going to a, you know, a reunion and I've got 30 days to lose yeah. 15 pounds. If you can commit to those 30 days, uh, Aspire Fitness is another phenomenal one. They've got mm-hmm. push-ups to pin-ups and grit to glory, I think is the, mm-hmm. the one's women's, one's men's. Brilliant programs. But if you go in there and you tell a trainer, I got X amount of days and I got to lose 10 pounds. Right. You, pounds. you you have to make sure that you're willing to do that. Yes. 100%. And all of a sudden you're thinking, this is terrible. And yeah. you're like, well, you're not going to lose 10 pounds by eating donuts. Exactly. And sitting and doing nothing. So yeah. if you, I can get you to lose that stuff. It's just got to be safe, but it's going to be hard. Yeah. And if it's six weeks, well, six weeks in a day, what are you not going to do? Is anything active based? Mm-hmm. And you're going to go right back to the, the bad habits. And most people do it because they're off to Mexico. Right. And then it's like, I went from I no to alcohol it. to all the alcohol. Right. And uh, yeah, I'm not working out. I'm just partying. And that's the thing that I, I need people to understand. That's not lifestyle. That's not what you want to do. So you have to go into these places and say, hey, help me build a lifestyle. And all of a sudden you're stronger, more functionally fit, healthier, all of those things. And that is something we want to see people do. Get to a healthy lifestyle. And then once, once you've put that lifestyle in place, then have the fun of, I'd like to see some abs. Right, so I, I'm when I drop. Or ab. Yeah, when I, when I drop, if I set my base at healthy, yeah. if I set, I, and and I use my benefits in my workplace to have the team around me. I've got everyone I need to 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 be able to. Most people have registered dietitians on their plans. Mm-hmm. You know, you you've got, and this is another thing that we the WRHA. You've got dial a dietitian at your fingertips. Anyone really? here can call a dietitian and say, "Hey, I need a little help," and they're there for you. Mm-hmm. These are things, uh, Sobeys. I, I know you, you do a lot of work with them. Sure, they have an in-store dietitian. You, it's can, it's you awesome. don't even have to guess while you're shopping. Totally. <laughs> you literally can find her and she's yeah. in there and she'll answer a ton of questions for you. They have free cooking classes in there to boot. All right, we're going to jump off topic. We're gonna, I'm going to bring up something else to you because, again, I, this, is, this is, I'm, I'm kind of like, well, you know what's happening here. What's going on with OneFit City in Asia? Like, what is happening so right, <laughs> I don't even get it. So I own an international business. So basically, here's here's the long and the short of it. Mm-hmm. I trained uh, the one of the first people to ever walk through my my door was this guy named Devin Welsh. 
and uh, I'm five years older, six years older than Devin. He walks in and he's like, hey, I got to get ready for WHL. I got three more years of eligibility. Then I'm going to go to university. I'm looking for a trainer for my off seasons. We get going. He does well, has a career, gets his master's in business. He comes back and he says, Jordan, you have, you have so much vision and passion, but you don't have a business plan. He's now got his master's degree. He's, this is what he does. He's like, let's create something for One Fit City. Let's take that One Fit City thing that you keep saying. Because when he came back, I was just saying it. You know, that was at the point where I was just like, I want to create a fit city. I want to create one fit city. I want to, I had a blog going where we had uh, five women losing a hundred pounds and we we're getting all these hits. I was writing for the Huffington Post, still do, but I had no idea what I'm doing with this thing. Mm-hmm. Devin comes, we create the vision. He's got a gig in Hong Kong. So his graduation, he moves out to Hong Kong. I'm still plugging away in Winnipeg with now a business plan where I can walk into somewhere and say, this is what, this is what one fit city is. He starts it in Hong Kong. He tells me, Jordan, now is the time I'm going to start copying your videos, copying your stuff, because I I know what you're doing and what you're saying in Winnipeg is for real. We'll make it happen in Hong Kong. So um, it's now five months ago. He started the stuff I do in social media, et cetera. He copied it in Hong Kong, nails it, knocks it out of the park. All of a sudden, we've got videos that have 100,000 views. We've got thousands of followers and and it just it blew up because their culture there their their health and fitness culture we've got gyms and yoga studios that are sharing each other's content so when we go do a video at a yoga studio all the yoga studios in hong kong are sharing we get 139 shares on these things because they understand if we create health we create an understanding and a desire for the product of yoga the desire for the product of high performance athlete training. Everybody wins then. Everyone wins. And all of the gyms win. Because I'm not driving, this is this is what we say all the time in Winnipeg. I'm not driving more than five minutes to go work out. Mm-hmm. So you get me excited about pushing sleds and doing high performance boot camps, I'm going to go do them. Right, it does make a difference where if I'm close to you, then I'm yeah. not sitting there trying to yeah. trying to look for, you know, the, the, I just want to look for the closest place, yes. like you said. Yeah. So if you're the closest place, it's driving business to whatever, whatever's closest to whoever's watching the video. Exactly. And if we make more demand for the product, that's what One Fit City is doing. And, and we've knocked it out of the park in China. So I'm actually going to go set up shop there for a couple of months. Announcing it in Hong Kong has just taken us to this next level. So speaking of the next level, how do people contact you so they can get to the next level? One Fit City Winnipeg, Facebook. That's the easiest way to get me. Uh, <laughs> Let's that, break it down, plain yeah. and simple, right? <laughs> that or Jordan at onefitcity.com, O-N-E fitcity.com. And I want people getting a hold of us. If you own a business and you don't want to market it, you just want to jump in on something, I want to tell people about you. I want to get the city of Winnipeg engaged and working with the hundreds of amazing experts in this city. That is One Fit City. That's why you're going to go onto the Facebook page. You're going to offer to do whatever. Like You're going to get involved with us. One Fit City Facebook, Jordan at OneFitCity.com. Let's create change in the city. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you are one passionate dude. Thanks for tuning into the main ingredient, everyone. If you miss an episode, you can listen to it on iTunes and Google Play. And I'll talk to you next week here on 680 CJOB. This is 680 CJOB.